Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with only one twin. Where's Jason? I don't know. Jason has uh, this stupid, stupid thing called the Law Final. Ugh. Idiots. What is priorities, man? Right? We got to do this fantasy football offseason podcast, and he's studying for a Law Final. What's going on? Stupid ass. Well... The rookies have been drafted. Last week, we did our rookie special with Jason Moore, the fantasy footballers. If you have not checked that out yet, please do. It's going to be available on YouTube as well, so you can see our beautiful faces um, at 1 o'clock tomorrow. So check that out on YouTube. Also, go back and check it out. Uh, And we're going to have an extra episode for the patrons. patrons, Excuse me. If you want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Go check that out. We have a ton of stuff on the website, brotofantasy.com. Jason and I, we participated in our very first draft in a high-stakes league called the FFPC uh, that went not exactly according to plan, but that's why you do a lot of drafts because if your first one doesn't go to plan, you have some backups and you can learn from each one. So today, what we have for you is a draft where we can learn, and that is going to be a mock draft. We are going to do our first mock draft of the 2020 season with the rookies and their destinations. We have the information that we are going to have basically when we draft for real. Basically, right nothing will change until like training camps, preseason, if any of that even happens. For now, this is what we got. Exactly. So we are doing our mock draft 1.0 for 2020. There will be more mock drafts to come because it's the offseason and nothing's really going to change. So we have to we have to stay ahead of the curve. If you are tuning in right now, first of all, we want to say thank you. Second of all, we want to say you are doing the work that's going to put you ahead in your fantasy league. And I know if your fantasy leagues are anything like mine, you're probably playing for some cash. So you are putting in that work to get that cash. Um, let's not prolong it any longer what do you say mike let's get started five thousand dollars in cash money the brodo fantasy football podcast begins welcome back to the brodo fantasy football podcast presented by brodofantasy.com i'm your host tim patrop with my brothers the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness Michael and Jason Petrop. Begins nice. Not you know, begins now or now. Nice. That's nice. It's we're, nice. We're beginning nice because that's what I said. I said so. I've been reading this book called Memory Man. And um, the, the like the main villain has like this European accent. And then, so I've, I've been uh, I've been all around my Russian accents. Because I feel like, wait, wait, hold up. Maybe I misheard you. You've been reading a book where someone has an accent. Oh, let let me rephrase that. I've been <laughs> listening to a book. Okay, I was about to say you. Uh, you going yo, to the local there in quarantine, kid? Audio books on your runs. I'm not a big fan of running, and I'm, I'll let you know right now. It's made me into a little bit more of a fan of running than I was before. Audio books are good, man. I listen to an audio book. Uh, on the way to Ithaca, visiting Jason. The bus ride's four and a half hours, so it adds up uh, there and back. It was a Stephen King book. It was a, uh, it's solid because I can't, I cannot read 
inside of a moving vehicle, I will throw up within 12 and a half minutes. Michael, the entire Petropolis clan has really bad motion sickness problems. I don't get it. I really don't. The other day, bro, this is a little embarrassing, but I was with my wife. And, you know, sometimes you got to do these things with the wife. Yeah, I was watching terrible. the Love Island finale. Oh, man. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of got into the show. <laughs> it was a little I hear. I hear it's entertaining. It's entertaining because the the voiceover guy makes it entertaining, and it's not like the reg. It's not like a regular love show. It's like, it's kind of ruthless. It's like savage, and um, what was I gonna say? Oh, and they were all like having a date on a boat, and like you saw the girl bopping up and down, and I was just like, yo, I can't watch this. I closed my eyes for the for the date on the boat. See, like that is like, come on, Tim, you serious? Well, you can't read on a on a on a car. I can. I can't read in a car. That makes so much more sense than I can't watch a boat on the television. Nah, it's not I can't watch a boat. It's the person, like, they were on the boat and they were bopping up and down as if I was on the boat looking at someone bopping up and down. I got a little queasy. (sighs) It's not even close to the same anyway. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) um, yeah, so audiobooks. I don't know how we got there from audiobooks. But today we're going to do a mock draft. Um, we are drafting from a randomized spot. We just pressed randomize right before this. Um, and we're drafting from this fifth spot in a 12-team league, the way that we're going about this. It's half PPR scoring. It's a snake draft, obviously. We are using Fantasy Pros Draft Simulator to get this done. Shout out to Fantasy Pros Draft Simulator. If you are preparing for your drafts and you need – um, to do a quick draft where you can do it in like 10, 15 minutes. Um, last year, I was on my honeymoon, and I would go to the bathroom and I take my morning shit, and I would do a fantasy draft in 15 minutes, and then I wouldn't get, I, I wouldn't have to like, not spend time with my wife, and I could still get, you know, I could still get it done. Every time I went to the bathroom, I got a fantasy draft done, and it was, uh, it was dope because, like, I could learn and I could prepare. And I can still not be in the doghouse and spend time with my wife and enjoy the beautiful places that we're at. So if you're looking for some quick drafts that are going to be really um, good for you, I definitely suggest the Fantasy Pros, Pros Draft Wizard. They have their own, um, they have their own uh, what do you call uh, What do you call that thing? What do you call that thing? App. There you go. Oh, app. Application. Yes. It is very, very handy dandy. Yeah, man. So uh, shout out to them. They're not paying us to say this or anything, but you know, we you credit where credit's due. Michael and Jason, low key flex, uh, are official Fantasy Pros rankers. I am also on Fantasy Pros, although I haven't been on it enough to be an official ranker yet, because Michael and Jason got on a year before me. But I'm about to be an official ranker this year. Holla at your boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, ready to get started, Michael? Absolutely. All right, so we are drafting from the fifth spot. Is Michael, we're going to take this one, and listen, we're going to do a lot of mock drafts, and if you're a fan of ours from the past, you know that we handle these mock drafts and we set up these mock drafts um, with strategies in mind. Today we're just going to go with the strategy of we're trying to build the best team, but we are going to give you the strategies, um, QB early strategy, uh, a zero RB strategy, a zero wide receiver strategy, um, we're gonna be going through all that. Um, I'll tell you actually, what, Tim. Yeah. Early indications. This year is the absolute worst year ever to go zero RB. I, I'll tell you, uh, Jason and I did that 
did that draft. And again, you can go on brotofantasy.com. I did a write-up about the draft and what we were thinking and our, our mindsets during the picks and if we were happy. And we made the mistake of going wide receiver too early. Wide receiver is super deep this year. And not drafting a wide receiver till like the eighth, ninth round might actually work in your favor. Actually, Michael, I wanted to talk to you about this before we even started. So let's get this off the bat right now. I say that we that we start looking quarterback in like maybe the seventh round, what, what, what which is very now? which is very now? early because I mean if you're looking at the quarterback tiers, there's the top tier which we're not going to get because we never draft quarterbacks early. But then there's a second tier that is really a, a, a like a head and shoulders above the third tier. I think I think there's a real drop off between the second tier and the third tier this year. So I mean we'll take a look at that and. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it as we go. Uh, also, just to mention before we get started right now, the NFL schedules dropped today. Um, Michael, how do you feel about NFL schedules when you're looking at the schedule? How, does it affect who you're drafting at all? It has been basically proven that because the NFL schedule makers, a lot goes into it to try to make it even for all teams and then uh, based on uh, difficulty and travel and things like that. Every year, there's a team where you're like, oh, they have such a difficult schedule. And then the teams that we think are supposed to be good actually aren't very good. And they end up having one of the easiest schedules. I think people look way too much into the schedule. Because, dude, if you had the San Francisco 49ers on your schedule last season, that counted as a very good game. And guess what? The Niners ended up being the best team in the league. So that's when it comes to schedules, I really don't care too much about it. I like to wait till we get closer to the season and actually see which teams look like they may actually suck or be good. But this early in the year, I don't look much into it. There's the other way around, too. Like going into last year, if you saw the Steelers, you're like, oh, that's going to be probably a high scoring game and you're going to be able to put up a lot of fantasy points. But the Steelers are one of the better defenses in the league last year. Um, and play not keep away offense. Huh? And had a keep away offense. Right, and had a keep away offense. So like things happen that will surprise you. So I I'm with Michael there. Don't put too much into the into the schedule. The only thing I do put into the schedule is bye weeks. I think that um if you are drafting like you said a quarterback, don't draft a backup quarterback with the same bye week. Uh don't draft three receivers with the same bye week. I mean, I really don't like to draft backup quarterbacks in one QB leagues. I'll just uh stream but, yeah, if you are going to draft a backup quarterback, you obviously have to keep bye weeks in mind. With that being said, let's keep bye weeks in mind, and let's get started with this draft. You got one uh, QB, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, a flex, a kicker, and a defense. Let's get it. Half uh, so, PPR, right? We are doing half PPR, so chalk on the first four picks. We are the fifth pick. Um Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Michael Thomas go with the first four picks. Um, pretty much chalk there. Uh, for me personally, if I'm picking at number four, I'm going running back knowing how deep wide receiver is over Michael Thomas. So that gives us a choice of one more running back here. Um, on the board for us are some really good running backs, Michael. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. Um in terms of wide receiver, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyree Kill, all still there. Um, we're not going QB yet. We're not going tight end yet. So, I mean, I'm going to be picking between Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara here. Where do you stand on that? 
I agree. Uh, it's between Cook and Kamara. If this was full PPR, Kamara becomes that much more interesting here. But I feel like Dalvin Cook is the play here in half PPR because it's still that Minnesota offense is not going to be very different from what it was last year. And I mean, you know, Dalvin Cook's going to get his 20 plus touches a game. I, I think that the Minnesota offense might be a little different because their defense has lost a lot of key players. And that means they might be coming from behind a little more. Um, Cook is involved actually, in the passing game too, though. He is involved in the passing game. That's true. And he does get more volume than Alvin Kamara. And Diggs think, is gone. So that I think I'm giving the slight edge to Dalvin Cook, just a very slight edge over Alvin Kamara. But I really love Alvin Kamara this year. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with either here. But these two are the clear choices, in my opinion. So let's go with, bam, we are drafting Dalvin Cook to be our RB1. And more than ever in this year, try to get yourself a great player, um, a great a great pick in the first round at running back because those running backs are so valuable this year, ridiculously valuable. I agree. Um, it looks after- like uh, Fantasy Pros agrees based on this first round. Yeah, uh, the first round, a total of nine running backs go in the first round. I'm sorry, ten, 10 running backs go in the first round. After Dalvin Cook, t- uh, Derrick Henry goes to the next team, followed by Alvin Kamara. Interesting that Derrick Henry goes in a half PPR draft, but the man's a beast, so you can't blame him. Um, Austin Eckler goes with the eighth pick. Um, very high for Austin Eckler, but definitely some something you're going to be seeing this year. Uh, Devontae Adams is the second wide receiver off the board. He goes ninth, followed by Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and Aaron Jones, 11 through 12. Michael, 10, 9 through 12 this year is put in a difficult position because wide receiver is very deep in the draft, and you need a, a workhorse running back. The same time, Joe Mixon might hold out. Nick Chubb has Kareem Hunt. Aaron Jones, they just drafted a second-round running back. Um, are you maybe going wide receiver, wide receiver, and taking your chances with running back here? Or if you're in that last um, 9 through 12 range, are you going to take a chance on one of these running backs that may not be um, a Dalvin Cook or an Ezekiel Elliott and over a guy like Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins? Honestly, the thing with mix, I think you have to take at least one running back here. I'd probably go two. Um just because wide receiver value seems to be dropping like crazy so far because of how people want to just grab as many running backs as they can. Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, that whole pack is tough because, like you said, Joe Mixon, he's Joe Mixon, right? If you listen to Brodo, you know how we feel about Joe Mixon. Any might hold any might hold out. Now I'm not now look, the Bengals got a better offensive line situation this year. They have a better quarterback situation this year. So I'm not as down on Joe Mixon as usual. But with that being said, picking Joe Mixon in the late first round has been a recipe for your team being in last place the last two years. So I'm yeah. not sure that I'm, I'm willing to say just because there's a rookie quarterback in the fray now, that's going to change. Yeah, and then you got Chubb, like you said, Hunt stealing the pass mark, Aaron Jones. They just drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round along with him and Jamal Williams. Josh Jacobs, he's better in half PPR because he's not super heavily involved in the passing game, but he gets a ton of rushing work, and that's just how the John Gruden offense works. Honestly, though, guys like Miles Sanders, who isn't picked, and Kenyon Drake, who isn't picked, those guys, I think, are in the same exact tier 
as those bunch of guys, I wouldn't even be against taking one of them in the 10 through 12 spots. So I, I understand why people would take running backs here. It's just there's so many of them that all have potential but downfalls when it seems like Kenyon Drake and Miles Sanders might have the most upside of everyone in that bunch is as, right now as crazy as that sounds. So we'll take we'll talk about that in a second, but let's go to the second round now. On, on the turn in the second round goes Josh Jacobs, like you mentioned, and then there was a run on wide receivers. Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay all go in a row. Okay, so um, Tyree Kill, the third wide receiver off the board, obviously there. Julio Jones, these guys are can't-miss guys. Uh, any qualms with those picks? I'm not touching Julio with a 1,000-yard pole this year. Why? Because the dude is old and always hurt. Why? Wow. Why are oh. you still wasting a first or second-round draft pick on him? Wow, that's that's strong words. I'm not the biggest fan of his, but ever since he started catching touchdowns again, he's still an elite player. But he's always hurt, and now he's even older, and I'm just, there's no way I'd take him at his ADP right now. No way. Um, so that leaves us with an interesting opinion, because, Michael, I think we got to go running back again here. Like we said, wide receiver is very, very deep. And you talked about two guys that I absolutely love. I also, real quick, just want to say, don't like Mike Evans' pick there. Um Wrote about him in my True Value report. Would have been wide receiver 19, 17 or 19, one of those two, uh, with Tom Brady as his quarterback last season. So he's someone I'm not very high on. So take that into consideration, uh, peeps, when thinking about that, the quarterback change. So when you see Godwin and – I mean, well, Godwin plays most of the time out of the slot, so you could see Godwin going. Um, you can see Godwin having a good season with Tom Brady. But keep in mind that there are a lot of QB changes around the league, and some things are going to change because of that. Um, speaking of changes, Kenyon Drake starts the year with Arizona. Miles Sanders has completely taken himself to the starting role in Philadelphia. I think our picks in between those two guys on the overall chart of who the draft pros says we should take. Travis Kelsey is number one on that list. I think we don't you don't we don't pull a trigger on Kelsey just yet here. Ken Kenyon Drake, George Kittle, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Lamar Jackson in terms of wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham. So I think here for me the choices between Kenyon Drake and Miles Sanders. I lean Sanders. What say you, Michael? In half PPR, I'm kind of leaning Kenyon Drake just because I see more opportunity for Drake. He was a top five running back at the end of the year last year once he completely took over in Arizona. They drafted Eno Benjamin, but they didn't bring in any real uh, any real threat to Kenyon Drake's workload. They obviously like him. They traded for him last year despite having David Johnson and then got rid of David Johnson and kept Drake as their running back. And I feel like in that Cliff Kingsbury offense, if you could get a running back who's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game, you're going to want that guy. I See, I, I'm i going to be on the opposite side. I'm going to say Miles Sanders, another another guy who doesn't have much competition for his job in Philadelphia, right? On top of that, last but year, what? But the, what? the Eagles never have a workhorse. They never have a workhorse type back. Last year... When Jordan Howard was out, Miles Sanders played the role of workhorse and played it well. Miles Sanders was was one of only three running backs last year with 800 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving. The the kid is good. 
and the kid is very good. Kenyon Drake, on the other hand, we've seen him have an an opportunity to be the man in this offense and kind of bust. I feel like there's a lot of balls to go around in in Arizona, and it might not be Kenyon Drake's day sometimes. And I think that Miles Sanders, because of the lack of wide receiving depth uh, in Philadelphia, I feel like Miles Sanders is going to be involved in the passing game every single week. Um, this is where we're going to split for the first time, Michael. I, I really like Miles Sanders here, man. Uh, we can we go, it, we can go Do Sanders. It. We can go Sanders for you. I'm not super yeah. far off, so. All right, Michael, my Schmeichel, Schmeichel. All right, so we are going to draft Miles Sanders. I'm going to tell you right now, if I start a draft, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders. Dude, glorious. I'm going to press pause on the draft, and I'm going to go to the bathroom, I'm going to jerk off, and then I'm going to come back. (sighs) Ephthemios, Ephthemios, Ephthemios. Tim, Tim, (laughs) I'm just saying. No, Uh, listen to me real quick, Tim. What? Based on the available players here. Lamar Jackson isn't the craziest choice. All right, hold on, hold on. Let's <laughs> let's 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 stop. Let's stop for a second. All right, so base. Let's find out who's left. Travis Kelsey goes after us, followed by Leonard Fournette at the two ten, which is interesting that he goes before Kenyon Drake. Odell Beckham uh, from Cleveland at the two eleven, obviously from Cleveland. Um, so a wide receiver goes there again. Not. This was definitely the second round was definitely the wide receiver round. Um, then Kenyon Drake finishes off the second round. Kenyon Drake at the two twelve is a fantastic, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, the first team man, Christian McCaffrey, Kenyon Drake, DJ Moore is very nice. Yeah, so the first pick in the third round, DJ Moore, Patrick Mahomes, the first quarterback off the board in the third round, George Kittle and Todd Gurley. So Michael, I was mentioning that this first tier of quarterbacks is. Head and shoulders above the rest. So we already have two we already have two running backs. We have said already that we think this wide receiver class is very packed. And if you look at it, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Juju Smith Schuster, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, AJ Brown, Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, Calvin Ridley. Those guys match out the top 12. Then on the other hand, you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Chris Carson. Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. I think we're out of the running back um, sweepstakes. Clyde right Edwards-Hilaire in the flex is very interesting, though, I got to say. Hmm. That that would be an interesting way to go here. So I think the pick, honestly, for me, Lamar Jackson is someone that I would seriously, seriously consider at this spot. Because, look, like you said with the wide receivers, guess who's not on the list that you just said? Robert Woods. Right, like Robert Woods would be an absolutely perfect fourth round pick in my opinion, and he's not even on the list yet because wide receiver is so deep this year. I'm okay with going Lamar Jackson here. All right, so this and is we're a not even we're not even QB early guys, but I feel like the way the first two and a half rounds have played out is perfect for us to take Lamar Jackson. Let's try it. So I'm I'm down. Let's take Lamar Jackson. We're not, third round QB. You know when you listen to us, but this is going to be a different type of draft this year. This is going to be a different type of thing. Um, I'd be surprised. Wide receiver is so deep. I'd be surprised if Lamar Jackson fell to the middle of the third. Let's go with Lamar Jackson as our quarterback. I'm fucking super excited right now. Lamar Jackson, Alvin Cook, Miles Sanders. Let's just start the season like this. You said. Um, uh, You said what's it called? You said to take a QB in like a seventh or eighth round, and I got pissed at you. We just took one in the third. 
Well, <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire goes after that. Dak Prescott with the seventh pick in the third round. Interesting. Oh, fuck. Uh, well, I, I love Dak Prescott. I would have taken Edwards Hilaire if we didn't take Jackson. I agree. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster goes with the 3-8. Allen Robinson with the 3-9. Juju, another guy that I wrote about in the True Value Report. Super, super interesting, the range that Juju could fall in this year. So talk about talk about that a little bit. What did you write about Juju? Uh, so Juju was the wide receiver 62 last year. If Big Ben was his quarterback with that true throw value, he would have been the wide receiver 45-ish, which sounds terrible on the surface, but he also only saw six targets a game last year. He saw 10.5 targets a game with Big Ben two years ago. So even if we bump it up to eight targets a game, which I think is reasonable, he's wide receiver 11 in terms of true throw value. Bump it up to 10, back to what it was two years ago, wide receiver three in terms of true target value. So... The upside is really there for Juju, but if Big Ben gets hurt or Juju doesn't see the targets, there's a chance he's outside the top 36. So he's one of the most volatile wide receivers you could draft at the moment, but the upside is very enticing. In a different world, I would have loved to draft Juju Smith-Schuster in that spot. I think Juju Smith-Schuster in the third round is going to be one of the biggest... um, One of the biggest mistakes people go back and look and say, man, I can't believe I passed up on him for three rounds. And I think it's going to be a steal. I think Juju has a bounce back with Big Ben. People forget this is only Juju's third year. It, he was playing with backup quarterbacks all year last year. Not good backup quarterbacks either. Duck Hodges yeah. we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like We're not talking about Big Ben caliber guys. So um, I think Juju Smith is going to be a sleeper. Um, after that, Allen Robinson, Chris Carson, um, who should be starting the season, uh, according to what I've been reading. Yeah. Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup. So the Cooper connection. Um, Cooper Cup is out. the wrong receiver to be going first out in L.A. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown. I'm a little disappointed that A.J. Brown went. True. And Adam Thielen are the three wide receivers that go. That Adam uh, Thielen ADP, man. Oh, boy. That. Adam Thielen in the third round. Juju Smith-Schuster and Adam Thielen, if I could pick those guys in the third and fourth round, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, that Ecstatic. Nice. Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis and 4.4. 4. 4. So he's the first, I mean, the second rookie to come off the board. So an interesting look there. David Johnson with his new team in Houston, who will be featuring him. So that's going to be an interesting one. That's a that's a high-risk, high-reward type play, David Johnson, mm-hmm. in the fourth round. I, and then, I wouldn't do it, but that's me. Why not? Because David Johnson has been bad for years now. Blame it on injuries. Blame it on whatever you want. The dude has been a run, a bad running back for three years, and people just won't give up on him. Me and Michael got into a heated debate on what the what did, what just happened? Did you fall out of your chair? I dropped the mic holder. <laughs> <laughs> yo, just but I caught it. Like a, 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 yo, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Michael and I were having a heated debate about. Uh, about David Johnson in a trade I made a few years ago. We'll we'll bring that up one of these days. Not today, um, Tim. Not today. Not today. We have too much to do today. Uh, Keenan Allen at wide receiver, and then Mark Andrews goes with the four seven. My love, Mark Andrews himself. That leaves us here, and we have some good wide receivers to pick from. Yes, we do. Um, Cortland Sutton is still there at the wide receiver. 
Devontae Parker, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, Stefan Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Green, the list goes on. Um, at running back, uh, Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell are still in the top 20 at that at their positions. Um, in terms of tight end, Zach Ertz is still there as well. So, Michael, I lean Devontae Parker or Cortland Sutton. Um, I'm hesitant to go into the season with Devontae Parker as my number one guy. I know you're leaning Robert Woods here because yeah. he's solid, but I'm hesitant to go into a season where Robert Woods is my number one guy. I think I'm going to go... I, I like Cortland Sutton here. I think if we pass on Cortland Sutton, we're going to be making a mistake. Honestly, I feel like Zach Ertz, man, he's one of the stud tight ends. Going at 4.8 is pretty damn late, and then we won't have to worry about the tight end position. I mean, just look at the names after Zach Ertz. They're good names, but they're not like, yes, I have this guy. Zach Ertz is one of those like, yes. This guy's my tight end, and you don't have to worry about the tight end position. So you want to pass on wide receiver again? Yeah, and then whichever one falls to us in the fifth round, one of Parker, Sutton, or Woods is going to fall to us. I guarantee it. I don't. I don't know. I don't think they are. But I guaranteed it. <laughs> so you want to? I mean, Tim. I'm I'm down to take the, the chance here, but we are. I mean, we already We're have doing a, a contrarian eagle. approach here, man. We might as well keep it going. We already have an eagle, though. Does that make you a little hesitant to take Ertz here? I'm not one of those guys who don't like drafting players from the same team. If they're going to produce, they're going to produce. That's fine with me. I mean, Zach Ertz had a down year last year, though. I mean, but he really turned up in the, the second half of the year, which was nice. And, Does the presence I mean, of Dallas Goddard scare you? I mean, Goddard has always been there. And I know they drafted Rieger, too, but... I mean, if you want to go wide receiver, I'd rather go Robert. There is a tight end in Tyler Higby that I really like this year. But then we'd have to grab him like the fifth, sixth round. You know what? You gave me Miles Sanders. I'll give you this pick. Who do you want? Uh, let's do Zach Ertz. I feel like Robert Woods is going to fall to us. All right. We'll take Zach Ertz. Robert Woods. There's no way Robert Woods. It's a little Woods risky. Win. If one of them doesn't oh, fall to when? us, it's going to suck. None of them fell to us. What a oh, surprise. It's going to suck. Um, <laughs> AJ Green goes with the next pick. Robert Woods goes two picks later. Oh, duh. Um, Melvin Gordon goes with the 411. That could be a steal. Um, Devontae Parker goes 412. T.Y. Hilton, 5-1. Yuck. Cortland Sutton goes 5-2. So Cortland Sutton almost made it back to us. Uh, DK Metcalf of Seattle goes 5-3. And Stefan Diggs Tim? of Buffalo goes 5-4. Yes, Hear sir. Me out, Tim. We fill our flex with Le'Veon Bell. There's Le'Veon not a Bell single reason round. why Le'Veon Bell should still be on the board here. Let's take a look at the wide receivers that are available. Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin, Jarvis Landry, Debo Samuel, Julian Edelman, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup. These guys are not going to break the bank. I kind of agree with you here. I think Le'Veon Bell is the way to go with the in the flex. I agree. And then we'll take care of the wide receivers. All right. There's no flex position I just realized here. Uh, whatever. We're, it doesn't matter. We're dra- yeah, we're drafting as though there is a flex. This, see, this, right. is, this is why Tim isn't the one who usually controls these <laughs> things. He set up the draft without a flex position. But, yeah, we're controlling it, Tim, so it doesn't matter. It says 0% of experts agree that we should take Le'Veon Bell here. It's I don't because understand. we don't have a flex position, Tim. Oh, true. <laughs> that means we're taking Le'Veon. a backup when we still don't have three receivers. Wow, I just realized this is a three-wide receiver. Well, it didn't first. I didn't just realize, but 
It's all right. I like I like the wide receivers that are looking at us. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. After that goes DJ Chark, Mark Ingram. Interesting pick there. Jarvis Landry, Devin Singletary with the 5'9". Darren Waller goes with the 5'10". DeAndre Swift of Detroit goes 5'11". Interesting pick. You're going to have to wait on that one, I feel like. Uh, Tyler Lockett of Seattle goes 5'12". Leading off the second, the sixth round uh, is three out of the four picks are quarterbacks. So you see quarterbacks coming up the board in the sixth round. Interesting. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray go with the first and second pick of the sixth round. Terry McLaurin goes the third pick of the sixth round. And then Russell Wilson goes with the fourth pick of the sixth round. Evan Ingram goes with the fifth pick. Julian Edelman, 6.6. Blah. And Hollywood Brown, 6.7. Wow, that is two ugly back-to-back picks. So now here we are. We are looking at some wide receivers here. And I think now is the time to go wide receiver. Now that we have every single other position filled, what do you say, Michael, unless you want to go Justin Tucker, I was going to say Harrison Butker, but fine. <laughs> I think the, the, the chalk pick here is the good one. I think uh, Debo Samuel is the way to go here. I agree. Uh, D- I love me some D- Debo. Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, John Brown, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones. If we can get Debo Samuel, Marvin Jones, and Mike Williams or Darius Slayton, Jamison Crowder. Again, guys, these are undervalued they, guys. Take this and run with it, guys, because everyone in your draft is going to be jumping at these wide receivers. And here we are, and we're picking our first wide receiver in the eighth round. And Debo Samuel is our wide receiver number one. Sixth now, round, is, sixth round, sixth round. Excuse me. Now, is that ideal? No, but is it something that you could see becoming a thing? I could see Debo Samuel finishing in the top 12 wide receivers this year. Am I am I banking on it? Am I predicting it? No, but is it out of the question? I don't think so either. Yeah, I love me some Debo Samuel. He really came on in the second half, and guess what? He's going to be the number one again this year, so I'm ready for it. Uh, Tyler Boyd goes after that. James Conner in the uh, sixth round. I was round. Tyler Boyd could fall. Oh, wow, James Conner, super late. Super late for James Conner. Hunter Henry goes 6'11". Josh Allen goes 6'12". Michael's favorite guy. In, with the seventh round, and this is a guy who's, who I miss in almost every draft, and, I, and then I get pissed that I missed him. Raheem Mostert, I think, is a guy who's going to be great this year. Um, Raheem Mostert, 7'1". Okay. Michael Gallup, 7'2". Carson Wentz and Drew Brees at the 7'3 and 4. That leaves us here. We're looking at wide receiver again, and the guy I'm looking at is Marvin Jones. Um, I love me some Marvin Jones. We, Speaking of BrotoFantasy.com, our newest writer, he oh, – oh, um, damn, what's the name of the segment again? High Stakes Takes. Huh? High Stakes Takes. J- Jake's High Stakes Takes. That's right. So our newest writer, uh, Jake, he – it does high stakes takes. He's a he's a player with the FFPC. He won a shit ton of money last year, um, and he's writing about how he approaches these drafts. He is in love with Marvin Jones. He goes to BrotoFantasy.com to read some of the things he brings up. But basically, what it said is, and it's true, Marvin Jones was basically Kenny Galladay when Matt Stafford was throwing the ball last year, and he had basically the same production as Kenny Galladay. You see a guy like Kenny Galladay going in the second round. And now here we are with an opportunity to draft Marvin Jones in the seventh round. I love me some Marvin Jones, and I want him here. All right, we could go Marvin Jones here. Well, let's like look at the stuff. other. Let's look at the other options, though, just to do it. Um, some of the other options: 
Will Fuller, John Brown, Christian Kirk, Brandon Cooks, Justin Jefferson, Mike Williams, Darius Slayton, Jerry Judy. Is there any of these guys that pops out of you? Also, at running back, uh, you got David Montgomery. You got Cam Akers, um, Kareem Hunt at tight end, Tyler Higby. Now, we're already set at those places, so we're looking wide receiver here. How are David Montgomery and Cam Akers still there? That's pretty shocking. David Montgomery could be a pretty sleeper pick here. See, look at us. We uh, we ended up going RB heavy, and now we want the RBs who are still available. Sometimes it just doesn't fall in your favor. Yeah, but I would rather right. have Le'Veon Bell than no, all those guys. Agreed, absolutely. Yeah, I'd rather have Cook, Sanders, and Bell. Uh, right. For the wide receivers, though, Darius Slayton's interesting. He, uh, he looked great with Daniel Jones last season, and he's still kind of like the de facto number one there. I feel like we'll be able to get him next round. All right, Marvin Jones. I agree, though he he's a top fifteen uh, receiver in true throw value when Matt Stafford's healthy as well, and we have the running backs who are going to be consistent, so it's okay to have one of the boom bust receivers, which Marvin Jones is. Marvin Jones won a lot of people a lot of weeks last year. All right, so Marvin Jones goes next, followed by Matt Ryan, Marlon Mack, yuck, uh, Tom Brady. How does Marlon Mack go before David Montgomery? Beats How's me. that even a thing? Beats me. Um, Aaron Rodgers goes seven ten. Uh, Cam Akers goes seven eleven, and Brandon Cooks, the new Houston deep threat, goes seven twelve. At the eight one goes Jerry Judy. Will Fuller goes at eight two. Kareem Hunt goes at eight three. John Brown eight four. Keyshawn Vaughn, the Tampa Bay running back, at eight five. Carryon Johnson of Detroit at eight six, and at eight seven Matt Breida. And here we go. This is why we tell you to draft those running backs early because these people who are drafting guys like Carryon Johnson and Kayshawn Vaughn and Matt Breida, they're they're running back needy because they went wide receiver heavy. That's right. And and now what's going to happen is you're you have a backup running back as your starting running back, and here we are, Debo Samuel, Marvin Jones, and we're about to pick a third wide receiver that has the and all of these guys are probably going to have the potential to finish higher than they are. Um, considering draft position <clears throat> so let's go and see what wide receivers there are left christian kirk still on the board justin jefferson mike williams darius slayton sterling shepherd cd lamb uh emmanuel sanders jameson crowder anthony miller um i like mike williams but he does have a rookie quarterback throwing to him i know michael you said you really like darius slayton here as a de facto number one he has a good rapport with daniel jones also, Christian Kirk has to be considered here. I think that um, in a high-powered offense, the only thing that worries me about Christian Kirk is the same thing that worried me about Kenyon Drake. It's, is he going to be the guy some days that goes crazy and just be completely forgotten about in that offense? I think the, there's too many guys to spread the ball around. To. Yeah, I don't like Kirk because he disappeared multiple times last year and there was no DeAndre Hopkins. So now DeAndre Hopkins is there. It's not like Christian Kirk is this stud wide receiver. Like he's this possession wide receiver. So I'm not, I'm really not on Christian Kirk. Maybe I'll change my mind as I look deeper into it throughout the offseason. But right now I'm pretty far off on Christian Kirk. Darius Slayton, on the other hand, sure, Sterling Shepard's going to be healthy. Sure, Golden Tate's going to be healthy. Sure, Evan Ingram's going to be healthy. But all those guys are like the, the short, intermediate threats on that team 
Darius Slayton's the only real downfield threat. Like, no one's throwing a jump ball to Golden Tate. No one's throwing a jump ball to Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram operates in the middle of the field. So I feel like Darius Slayton has that role secured with the Giants, and he was a stud last year as a late round draft pick. So I don't, I don't, I'm not exactly sure why his ADP is so low at the moment. Like I'd absolutely draft him over someone like Will Fuller or Jerry Judy, but it works in our favor at this moment. I'm down to go with Darius Slayton, and just like that, now guys, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders. Lamar Jackson in the third round, Zach Ertz at tight end, and Le'Veon Bell in the flex. We passed up on wide receivers. Now, considering that, our wide receiver core is Debo Samuel, Marvin Jones, and Darius Slayton. Are these guys world beaters? No. But these are three guys that are starting fantasy wide receivers, and we got three of them in rounds six through eight. eight. And now we're in round nine with absolute superstars at quarterback, two superstars at running back, a superstar at tight end, a possible superstar in the flex, and wide receivers who could outperform their their ADP. I'm absolutely in love with how we're approaching this draft right now. Yeah, zero wide receiver is looking way better than zero running back this year, man. A lot better. The only problem is that I'm going to draft in most of my leagues with you, motherfucker, so I'm not going to be the only one who's doing this. Well, yeah, that's Um, why me, you, and Jason always, after the draft, hate each other. Yeah, always. always. <laughs> That's what happens when you host a fantasy fantasy show together. So all of our deep inside thoughts are known by each other going into the yeah. draft. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, I think it's I think it's made us all better players though, like trying to outsmart each other. Yeah, learn from all each other and such. Yeah, um, Darius Geis goes with the eight point nine, a risky, high risk, high reward move there for a team again who did who was running back needy. Uh, J.K. Dobbins of Baltimore goes eight ten. Sony Michelle goes eight eleven, and Damian Williams goes eight twelve. So, I mean, I hate to beat a dead horse, but four backup running backs go after our pick of Darius Slayton, who is who is arguably the wide receiver one for the in, Giants. For the Giants. Um, Latavius Murray goes 9.1. 9.2 Emmanuel Sanders. Daryl Henderson goes with the third pick of the ninth round. And Jamison Crowder goes 9.4. That us- these are pretty, like, Dobbins, Williams, and Henderson I don't hate. Dobbins, first off, 8.10. He's going to be going way higher. He's already going way higher at FFPC drafts just because they said he's a, he, he could be a three-down back. They used a second-round pick on him. Mark Ingram's like 31. I could see him getting 10 to 15 touches a game and being effective. Damien Williams, they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so he's a lot more risky. It seems like is going to start right away. But you never know, and it's the KC offense. And then Daryl Henderson, again, they drafted him last year. Yeah, they drafted Cam Akers this year, but maybe, they don't, maybe Cam Akers has a bad training camp or something, and then you get a starting running back at a backup running back cost. So those three guys are interesting dart throws in the eighth, ninth round. It's the time to take your dart throws now. Speaking of dart throws, we Christian Kirk still on the board. Mike Williams still on the board. Sterling Shepard still here. I, I'm, I'm not going to try and go on Sterling Shepard right now. But I wouldn't – look, Christian Kirk, his ADP was way higher. He fell. I wouldn't be opposed to going Christian Kirk here. How do you feel? Uh, let me see some available running backs and receivers here. Chris, Christian Kirk – this is better now, better timing. Uh, James White. Jordan Howard's an interesting one for running back, needy team, but we don't need like the the safe running back when we already have 
three good ones. CD Lamb is interesting if we're going for like a upside. Preston Williams, Brashad Perriman. Hmm. I feel like Christian Kirk here, like he's someone you could plug and play. Like he'll probably right. get four to seven receptions. Hopefully find the end zone, get you like 50 to 70 yards-ish. So I'm okay with Christian Kirk here because that, that is a Cliff Kingsbury offense that just throws the ball a lot. All right, let's go Christian Kirk uh, here. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the perfect guy to when you have a bye week in your wide receiver core to take a chance on. Um, Sterling Shepard goes next. Philip Lindsay with a 9.7. Henry Ruggs with a 9.8. Mike Williams, Anthony Miller, Justin Jefferson, and Jordan Howard round out the ninth round. In the beginning of the 10th round, Austin Hooper. Um, pretty pretty solid pick there, I think, in the 10th round, Austin Hooper. Yeah, I'm surprised James, he's here. James White, uh, who is... His role is really up in the air at this point without Tom Brady, so a uh, high-risk, high-reward pick there. San Francisco, 10.3, the first defense off the board. Alshon Jeffrey goes with a 10.4. A.J. Dillon, the Green Bay running back, goes 10.5. It's interesting that everyone just for, is now kind of forgetting, um, and I'm forgetting his name, the backup running back for Green Bay. Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams, yeah. Everyone's kind of forgetting Jamal Williams. He's been a pretty solid backup. Yeah, but they just uh, used a second-round pick on a running back. That's true. That's true. Oddly enough. Ro- Ronald Jones, the person who I think is going to start uh, in Tampa Bay to start the year, is going to with 10 Ronald Jones, through. I would have liked to fall here because he would have been a perfect dart throw type of guy when we already have three like studs at the position. For sure. Um, and Zach Moss. So, interesting... Interesting here. We can go a whole bunch of different ways, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're already set at tight end, and we're already we need some depth at running back. But here's the thing: Dalvin Cook is oft injured, and if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, we're going to end up having to blow our fab on Alexander Madison. Do you consider handcuffing here with Alexander Madison, who's on the board as? a suggested player here and is coming up in draft circles in the 10th round, man, I don't draft, uh, I don't draft backups in the 10th round. Well, not backups. I don't draft handcuffs in the 10th round because that's just like, it's just wasting a spot. I'm not a big handcuff guy in general. Like, honestly, if you lose a couple studs, their backups probably aren't going to be that good. Anyways, you just got to deal with the punches and try to figure it out. So I mean, in that, I mean, just to counter that, just to play devil's advocate, though, Alexander Madison showed last year that when Dalvin Cook is out, he can handle a role. Agreed, but I don't think we need to take him in the 10th round. Someone like Tevin Coleman, for example, like Shanahan has already said he's going to have a role going into the season. Even last year when we thought it was Mostert's backfield alone, then out of nowhere Tevin Coleman gets a, a game where he gets like 70% of the carries, and that's just how the Shanahan offense works. So I feel like Tevin Coleman is interesting here. All right, Tevin Coleman is available. Let's go down the list on um, who's available on the big board. Tyler Higby uh, is available. Jared Cook Wait, as well. Tyler Higby still available? Yes, he is. Then I would draft Tyler Higby. How how is he still available? He you has a chance Tyler to Higby be. Here. He has a chance to put up top thirty wide receiver value, in my opinion. I feel like because last year the McVay offense changed from three wide receivers to um, two wide receivers and a tight end, I do feel like if that stays, Tyler Higby can be great. 
Yeah, Tyler Higby was the best tight end in the league down the stretch last year. Like, not even close. So I, even don't see, we- I don't see how you see that as a coach and not say, damn, what have we been doing? Like, we need to keep getting this guy the ball. Like, and, you know, stud. you know what I say, and if you've been listening to us for years now, you know what I say. It's follow the money. And Tyler Higby got an extension from this team in the middle of the year last year when he wasn't even the starting tight end. And then he came in and he produced. So the team obviously likes him. I'm okay with drafting Tyler Higby here. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So we're passing up on C.D. Lamb, which is interesting. But let's go Tyler Higby. Uh, Jalen Rager and Denzel Mims with some back-to-back rookie wide receiver action. Um Tevin Coleman goes next with the 10-11. Jared Cook goes with the 10-12. Pittsburgh's defense, who won me a whole bunch of games last year. God bless them. Uh, 11-1. Robbie Anderson, who uh, I don't believe in at all going into this year. I, I might just be a bitter Jets fan, but I think that his signing with the with the Pittsburgh, I mean the Pittsburgh, the, um, the Panthers, is one of the weirdest fits ever. He is a yeah, solely deep threat that's going to a place with a quarterback that doesn't throw deep. Doesn't make sense to me. Antonio Gibson, the Washington running back, uh, Swiss Army Knife, goes with the 11-3. Antonio Gibson is one of my favorite picks right now because you guys got him in the 12th round in the FFPC draft. I've seen him go as late as like the 14th, 15th, as early as like the 10th. He's a complete wild card. I could see his ADP being like the 5th round when the season starts or honestly just the 20th round. And it's like, damn... Earlier in the year, I wasted a pick on Antonio Gibson. But I'm willing to take the shot in the, in that backfield because Darius Ice is always hurt. AP is 112, and Bryce Love is always hurt. So I like Antonio Gibson. I like that pick. All right, so let's take a look at what we have and then available. Terry Cohen went. I don't think yeah, you I said Terry it. Cohen. Uh, I, I did. It's just that you don't pay attention to what I say. Um, Sorry, dude. So CeeDee Lamb is still available. Alexander Madison is still available. Is is handcuffing your running back in the 11th round something you're considering? I'd rather go, since we have no stud stud wide receivers, I'd rather go upside and go CeeDee Lamb here. So CeeDee Lamb is one of the guys available. So is Preston Williams and Golden Tate. Interesting one is Brashad Perriman. I'm, I'm keeping him on my watch list because he is a number one wide receiver and he did produce last year. I, I, I just want to put this out there. And I mean, I know I'm a Jets fan. So this might come with a grain of salt. But Joe Flacco went from one of the strongest armed quarterbacks in his prime to he hurt himself, and he did not throw deep ever for a lot of years. And Brashad Perriman is a deep threat. Um, that really, I think, hindered Brashad Perriman's um, his abilities. On top of that, he was super effective last year. So, I mean, I think we're going to be talking about Rashad Pyramid again at, at next next round, but I'm down to go C.D. Lamb here. I when also do we love start? some Rashad Pyramid. Right now, I'm, I'd am i go Lamb Pyramid in the next two rounds without even thinking about it, honestly. Without trying to get a, a backup running back because the running backs are getting a little thin here. I mean, we got three stud running backs, in my opinion, and then we could get one in the round after that. That's that's how I'd approach it. Because like right, so we said, we went zero wide receivers, so we might as well stack up on wide receivers that could end up being steals. All right, so let's try it. C.D. Lamb. So let's draft C.D. Lamb here, the upside rookie, um, in who's probably going to be in the slot for a very good offense. Uh, so we got so T. Higgins goes right after him. 
Curtis Samuel goes after that. Golden Tate uh, at 11-8. Boston Scott, interesting, at 11-9. Probably a handcuff there. Raquel Armstead goes 11-10, which is an interesting one because uh, Leonard Fernandez is falling out of favor very quickly. True. Very, very quickly in Jacksonville. So if Raquel Armstrong, uh, I'm sorry, Armstead takes over that job, eh, maybe. Uh, 11-11, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jackson of the Chargers goes with the 11-12. Uh, interesting pick there because he goes before um, Kelly, the running back that they just drafted. Um, Rob Gronkowski goes with the 12-1. When I drafted Ron, Rob Gronkowski, went in like the sixth round in the first FFPC draft. I didn't understand Those that are tight end premium leagues, but yeah, people are paying up for uh, Gronk. Stupid. That makes more sense. Uh, Matthew Stafford goes with the 12-12. Sleeper pick there. Um, Sammy Watkins with the 12-3. Don't like Sammy Watkins in fantasy. Dallas Goddard goes with the 12-4. I'm hoping that's a bad pick because we have Zach Ertz. Ben Roethlisberger goes with the 12-5. Noah Fant, 12-6. And Ryan Tannehill, 12-7. That leaves us with a few guys to pick from. Now, we could go with our... With our gut and go Brashad Perriman here. Alexander Madison still on the board, uh, just in case you want to f- you want to handcuff here as well. I'd rather go Perriman. So, all right. So interesting. Looking at these running backs. So let's say let's say we go Perriman, right? The running backs left: Duke Johnson, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Naheem Hines, Adrian Peterson, Chase Edmonds, Jamal Williams, and then some someone that I think is a very interesting pick. And I know that you're not going to agree with me. Here, He's going to start the season on the pup list, dude. More sh- than likely, <laughs> it's you don't not, draft it, someone like that. It's not. It's not. Look, it's not set in stone yet. And they drafted we're, DJ Dallas. People don't know what, what who we're talking about yet. Rashad Penny. I think Rashad Penny is one of the most interesting picks in all of fantasy this year. No, this is Rashad Penny, man. This is your what's his face, Deontay Foreman, all over again. There's no reason be. to draft Penny right now. <laughs> it could be. There's a. There, I will. I will admit <laughs> against my my own like well being that this does have some shade. But like, a, a look, lot. Rashad Penny is way better than Deontay Foreman. But I mean, this is like when people are drafting Deontay Foreman and stashing him for weeks as if he was just gonna come back in week eight and be a stud starter or something. Like, I'm not drafting Rashad Penny. All right, let's go Rashad Perriman then. Yeah, and then we'll get like Tony Pollard or. Or Madison, if he falls. Uh, Baker Mayfield goes next, followed by Phillip Rivers, Michael Pittman, uh, the Indianapolis wide Love receiver. Me some Michael Pittman, man. Really interesting. Yeah, Why? I wanted the Jets to draft him a lot because he's just big and tall and fast and can go up and get it. He played with Sam Darnold for a year, which is why I wanted the Jets to really get him. And he goes to a good spot at Indy with oft injured T.Y. Hilton and no real outside threat. And Philip Rivers can really get it to the outside receiver. Look at what he did with uh, Mike Williams. Preston Williams goes next, followed by Nicole Harbin, Adrian Peterson, New England, and Terrell Williams. Mwah, chef's kiss. This is what happens when things fall perfectly in your favor. Now we could draft Alexander Madison. <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. We can draft Alexander Madison, and that's going to leave us with defense and kicker to just draft. That's right. So drafting Alexander Madison here, uh, handcuffing our stud running back and the defenses begin to flow. Cole Beasley, John Ross, Rex Burkhead, Duke Johnson, Joe Burrow, Mike Gesicki, great pick in the 13th round, and Daniel Jones finished the 13th round. 
Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills, Tony Pollard, Chicago Bears, and Harris, Harrison Buckner, Los Angeles Rams, and Kansas City Chiefs defense in the 14th round. Somehow, Justin Tucker was not the first kicker off the board. We're going Justin Tucker here, Michael. Yeah, yeah. KC Justin defense, Tucker. KC back. defense is one of my favorite defenses because of their matchups. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Nikhil Harry, Will Lutz, TJ Hawkinson, Greg Zerline, New Orleans Saints, Matt Gay, and Matt Prater go off the board. Um, let's finish it off with a defense special teams, Michael. Um, I think the Jets defense is a defense that is, again, because of the division, they're not playing a high-powered offense in in uh, Buffalo. Tom Brady's not there in New England anymore, and you have a rookie quarterback in Miami, who's going to take over? And you uh, on the other side, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who historically, when he's with a team his second year, flops. Um, his his whole career arc has been good starter for a year, flop the second year, get released, join a team as a backup, take over, do great, flop, get released, take over. <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's like a it's crazy how it happens. Gotta love the Fitz magic. That's it. I mean, but the fist magic goes out. So I, I mean, I like the Jets here. They're getting back C.J. Mosley. Um, they added a, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of cornerbacks, uh, mostly from the Colts. <laughs> um, but yeah, they drafted some cornerbacks. They drafted some, some. Um, yeah, Pierre Desir, which was a great pickup. They drafted Bryce Hall, who people love. Uh, Arthur Mollett and Bless Austin were awesome last year when they had to step in. I, I think awesome's a stretch. No, they were great. I don't know what you're talking about. Great. Mullet and Austin were both very, very good for just stepping on the field as like late round draft picks. Yes. Yeah, they, I mean they were good for what they were. I wouldn't call them great players, but they were I, good I'm I'm pretty sure they were both like top twenty in PFF grades for cornerbacks. Are we going? Are we going Jets here? We're going Jets here. Yes. All right. So that will do it. That is Our the grade end is going to be hindered. Our grade is going to be hindered because we drafted Bell as a bench player, not a flex. Tim, you dweeb. Yeah, I, I was a dweeb for that. Um, I mean, we got to be. And look, from every draft I've ever done, I can tell you right now that the draft grade you're looking for from this is anywhere in the B minus to B plus range. Like, you don't want to be an A because that means you went too chalk. You don't want to be a C because that means you're a little bit crazy. I feel like a B minus B is exactly where you want to be. And honestly, this team, oh, man, if I started a year with this team, I'd be so excited. This is, Facts, quite, this is quite the team. It's a team. Let's go, let's go over it so that you guys uh, can go over it with us. <laughs> um, at quarterback, Lamar Jackson. At running back, Dalvin Cook and Miles Sanders. Ugh, I have a boner. Um, at wide receiver, Debo Samuel, Marvin Jones, and Darius Slayton. Remember, if you're just tuning in now, which I don't know why you would because this is this is radio, we went with kind of a zero wide receiver strategy, and it kind of worked out for us. Uh, at tight ends, Zach Ertz. At the flex position, although it says bench here, Le'Veon Bell. Defense and special teams is New York Jets. Our kicker is Justin Tucker on the bench. Christian Kirk, Tyler Higby, CeeDee Lamb, Brashad Perriman, and Alexander Madison. Truly glorious. This is probably my favorite team I've ever drafted. <laughs> it's up there. This like I can't, and we went quarterback third round. Yeah. I think that this year is going to be the year where I'm going quarterback early because I could wait on wide receiver. So I'm not I'm not 
gonna be angry at the third round wide receiver I miss out on, particularly if I draft running back, running back. If I go running back wide receiver in the first two rounds, I'll probably go running back in the third round. But if I go running back, running back, I think quarterback is where I'm gonna go. See, that's the, the question. Like, say, say you drafted a running a quarterback in like round eight instead of Darius Slayton. The question is, would you have rather had Lamar Jackson and Darius Slayton? Or Omari Cooper and Carson Wentz, something like that. I think I think the answer is Jackson and Slayton. If that's how you feel, then taking a quarterback in the third round makes sense. What is going on? Twenty twenty, one of the weirdest years ever. <laughs> he, the, the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is telling you to draft. Um, telling you to draft quarterbacks. In no, the third no, round? relax, relax. Don't go that far. What? Now you're pissing uh, me off. What? 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 Anyway, um, as always, it's been fun. Michael, where could they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. See what we did there. You can find us all on BrotoFantasy.com. Remember that tomorrow we're going to be coming out with the live video version of the um, last episode with Jason Moore. So check that out. He is the go. Like he really is. He, they are an independent podcast that now makes millions and millions of dollars. Um, and they are constantly in the top five in the fantasy pros rankings. Uh, Jason Moore, hilarious, entertaining human being as well. Couldn't be a nicer guy to us. Um, so we really appreciate him coming on. Go check that out in video form and in podcast form. Also go to the, uh, the website, brotofantasy.com and click the articles tab where you will find some great articles by our newest writer, the, what is it? The high, Jake's high stake takes. There you go. Um, where he tells you about some of the high stakes strategies that you could use um, in fantasy, as well as, uh, my article about the FFPC draft, Michael's article, breaking down true throw values and true target values. A reminder, true throw value and true target value is the first stat of its kind where we quantify a target and a throw um, from a quarterback. This is something that's not available out there at all except on our website. And Michael helps you break it down. So, you know, you're looking at all these numbers and you're like, yeah, but what does it really mean? Michael is here to help you and tell you. So go check that out. And uh, patreon.com slash Fantasy for an extra episode and some free giveaways, access to the Discord server, and tons, tons more. I killed that. Always. Anyway, uh, with that being said, thank you all again for joining us. We really appreciate every single one of your ears. We hope you are staying safe. (laughs) Every one of your ears. We do. We appreciate every one of your ears, both of them, or all three of them, if you're if that's what you're born with. Um, we hope you are staying safe. We hope your families are all healthy during this time. Um, all of our prayers are out to those who have been affected by this COVID nineteen crisis. We hope that you guys are all staying safe. Um, with that being said, we will see you next week. For Jason, now that's where you, Michael is. Where you say and Michael. I thought you were going to say for if you said for Jason, I thought you were just going to say all three of our names since you decided That's to true. speak for Jason. All right. All right. All right. Dave, Michael, shut up. Uh, for Jason, Michael, and myself, we'll see you next week. Later. Later.